This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. I'd like to say how thankful we are that we could come worship with you again. It's, it's been a little while since my family was able to come down and see you and always thankful for the opportunity. It's, you know, it's just so easy to feel the love and the welcoming nature of the congregation here. And uh, we're definitely grateful for that. I'm grateful for the prayers on my behalf. And it's my prayer that the things we study this morning will be in strict accordance to God's word. And also it will be useful to you and beneficial as we continue our Christian walk together. So for a little while this morning, I want to talk about training how we think, and specifically how, training how we think as Christians, and what we're supposed to do with our mindset. You know, there's a lot of things that we can talk about mindset, but when, when we think about our lives in the world, we're constantly bombarded with situations in life that we try to handle ourselves instead of trusting in God. We worry. We worry about things that are going on. We worry about things that are happening in our current country. We worry about things in foreign countries. We worry about things at our jobs or at school or health-wise. We worry about all these different things, and a lot of times we worry about things that are 100% out of our control. That worrying is not going to do a bit of good, but we tend to worry. We have all these things that that creep up, and and we worry about a lot of stuff. God gave us a, a great model that we can follow, how we can overcome this worry in our life, and how we can train ourselves to think in a proper and Christian way. And we're going to look at that model. And that model comes from the book of Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read verse 4 through 14. So beginning in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again wherein you were also careful but you lacked opportunity not that I speak in respect of want for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So we're going to look at this passage, and this is going to be the model that we study this morning about how we can train the way we think as Christians and what we're supposed to do with it as we're the shining light to the world. So let's break that down a little bit. So the first section we're going to look at is verses 4 through 7. So let's read it again. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we're going to look at this a little bit in depth. When you look at that, that verse 6, it says to be careful for nothing. We look up that word careful, what it means is to be anxious or to be troubled with care. So be full of care. So when you think about that, to be careful for nothing, so don't be overly anxious or to be troubled with care for anything, anything in this world. And then continue that on. It says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You know, when we think about being careful for things or being overly anxious, usually what that means is we're trusting in ourselves and we're worrying about things that, that we either can or can't control, but we're putting the trust in ourselves instead of putting the trust in God. Think about the things that you've worried about maybe over, say, the last week. Maybe you've worried about bills. Maybe it's schedules. Maybe you're trying to keep up with the Jones. Maybe you're worrying about health care. Maybe you're worried about school or future. Maybe you're worried about the country and the direction it's heading, whether you like it or not. Maybe you're worried about all these different things that's outside of your control. We, we tend to stress about a lot of things in our society, don't we? And I'm not immune to that either. I stress about things, and I know you stress about things as well. You know, this stress that you put on yourself, it really affects your body in a very negative way. You can look at a lot of medical research and a lot of different studies, and this stress can lead to high blood pressure. It can lead to lack of sleep, mood swings. Your body ages faster when you're in, under too much stress. There's a lot of things that it can negatively affect you physically and spiritually that this stress can get you off track. We stress about things that haven't happened yet. You know, sometimes we may say to ourselves, well, what am I going to do if this happens? Or what am I going to do if that happens? Well, what if it doesn't happen? Most likely it won't happen. Whatever you're stressed about. We tend to put our stress in all these different things. In Psalms chapter 118, verse 8, it says, It's better to put our trust in the Lord than put our confidence in man. A lot of times we tend to put confidence in man, and that confidence is in yourself. Maybe it's not another man. Maybe it's your own self. We, we think about these things. Well, what am I going to do if this happens? Well, what is the Lord going to do if that happens? Let's put their trust in God instead of our trust in ourselves. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 through 24, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So God is telling us to don't worry about yourself. Just make sure you know Him, and He will take care of us. He's full of loving kindness. He's full of righteousness. He will take care of us what we need to, what we need to know. You know, we have an example of this in the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 3, we're going to read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I know all of you have heard this story, but we're going to look at it a little bit more again. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were good servants of God. They followed after what God wanted them to do. And they came before the king, and that king was a man by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar wanted all the people to bow down to him, and these men were not going to do it. So we're not going to bow down to you and worship you as a god. There's one god that we serve, and that's the god or father in heaven. Well, Nebuchadnezzar didn't like that. So he built this big uh, burning furnace that he was going to throw them in. And he, he was saying, if you don't bow down to me, I'm going to throw you into this fiery furnace and you're going to be burned to death. Now think about that for a second. 
you got three men standing there, and they're saying, we're only going to worship God, and you've got this burning furnace over here that they can see. It's right there in front of them. It's big enough to be thrown into. you got the king of the land saying, if you don't bow down and worship to me, I'm going to throw you in that land. I'm going to throw you in that furnace. Think about the agony, the pain, all that that they were about to face. And yet, let's look at their response. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer these in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They can see the furnace right in front of them. We worry about things that probably won't happen. This was going to happen. It is right in front of them that they're going to get thrown in this fiery furnace. And look at their answer. We're not careful to answer you. It's all right. We're going to serve our God. We're going to worship Him. And we trust in Him that He's going to deliver us. And even if He doesn't, even if He doesn't deliver us from this physical torment and pain, he, we know that He's still going to deliver us spiritually. He will always take care of us and never forsake us. Think about the example that they left for us. And we know what happened. We know what happened, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into the fiery furnace, just like King Nebuchadnezzar said they were going to do. And they were safe. God took care of them. They had full confidence in God that He would take care of them. It reminds me of the verse in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. It says, And fear not them which are able to kill the body, but not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not fearful of the king, Nebuchadnezzar, which, which had all the authority and the, and the way that they could kill their bodies. They didn't fear him. They were fearful of God, respectful of God, that was able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So this is a good example that we have, that to not be overly anxious or troubled with care for anything in this world. Because we have God on our side. The same God that saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the same God that you and I serve today. And He will take care of us. If you continue on in that verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Don't be careful for anything, but give everything in prayer and supplication to God with thanksgiving. You know, when I first looked at that verse, I would read that verse a lot. So it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And for some reason, I never really looked at that word with thanksgiving too much. That's a very important word. But everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. When you think about thanksgiving, it sounds like gratitude, doesn't it? it sounds like counting your blessings. So when we give everything to God and we give it with a thankful heart and we're counting our blessings... Most of the time, whatever we're worried about just tends to fade away when you really count your blessings of what God has given you. So when we think through these things, we can look at that sometimes worrying can keep us from performing God's will. And when we think about Christ, you think about the night before He went to the cross. Think about the agony that He knew without a doubt what He was about to go against. And look at what He did. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, this is what He said. And Jesus said, And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Jesus gave us a great example 
that he, he did not want to go to the cross. I don't know if anybody's ever really thought about that. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross, but he did it. He ultimately did it because he wanted God's will to be done. So he asked his father, if there's any other way that we can save mankind from their sins, if there's anything that we can do, let's go that way. Let's do that. But, but he knew there wasn't. So he ended it and said, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt be done. In Psalms chapter 55, verse 22, it says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. You know, instead of trying to take on all this agony or self and all the, the anxiousness, God just wants us to cast our burdens upon him. He will take care of us. In that verse in Philippians chapter 4, it says, When we do this, don't worry about anything, but by everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, give it to Him in prayer. It follows that up and it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will be with you. And think about that. When you get rid of your worry and your anguish and you give it to God in prayer, He promises us that we're going to have this peace that the world is just quite frankly not going to understand. It passes all understanding. They're not going to get it. So this peace of God is going to help keep our mind right. Others won't understand why we don't worry or we don't stress about things like the rest of the world does. And it's because we have this peace of God. Think about the two examples we just looked at. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they had this peace of God. I want to wonder what the king thought of during that time when he had three men saying, you can do whatever you want to us. And we trust in God that He's going to deliver us. And even if He doesn't, we're still not serving you. I wonder what was going through King Nebuchadnezzar's head at that point. Like, hey guys, there's the furnace, and I'm about to throw you in it. They weren't worried about it. I wonder if he understood why they had this peace and this calmness around them. Or think about Christ before He went to the cross. Why was He so peaceful and He was so calm? Because they had a larger outlook on life. They knew that whatever they were going to face here on this earth is only temporal and that God was always going to take care of them. So we need to remember this when we start worrying about things that are temporal as well. It will pass. Whether it's good or whether it's bad here on earth, it's not going to last forever and it will pass. So remember these things. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. Let's read the next couple of verses. So Philippians 4 verse 8 and 9 says, Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the peace of God shall be with you. So this is what we're going to continue on in the model, and it talks about having our proper mindset. So think about positive things. Think about good things. You know, your mindset and your outlook on life, it's really a constant decision of what you focus on. What you focus on is what you're going to think about, and what you think about is going to dictate your actions and what you do with it. So think about your mind as something that is constantly consuming things that are put in front of it. It's constantly consuming, and you will not turn it off. All you can do is affect what you put in front of your mind, and then your mind's going to consume it. You know, when we think about the brain, the brain is really just the most magnificent computer ever designed possible, that God designed. Whatever you put in it, it's kind of like programming a computer. 
It's the things that you put in. When you think about your mindset, it's up to you to decide what you put in it. And Philippians, it's telling us here to put things in that are good. Put things in that are pure, that are lovely, good report, honest. So it's telling us here to focus on the things that are you, you're putting in front of your mind, and your mind's going to consume it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 through 22, it says, Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, and abstain from all appearance of evil. So this verse, it tells us everything that you see out in the world or everything that you have in front of you, test it. Prove it. Test it against the Scriptures. If it's good, you hold on to it. If it's evil, you abstain from it. It's pretty simple, right? It's whatever you put in front of your mind is what you will consume of your mind. Psalms chapter 101, verse 3 and verse 6. The psalmist writes, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. In verse 6, Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. So here it talks about whatever you put in front of your eyes. The psalmist is saying, I'm not going to put any wicked thing in front of my eyes because that's what my mind is going to consume. I will put things of the faithful in front of my eyes because that's what my mind is going to consume. So we can see whatever you put in front of your eyes, your mind will consume. It is up to you to decide what you put in front of your eyes. You know, we have this phrase uh, that we talk about at work a lot, which is what you focus on expands. And that's a negative or a positive. So what you choose to put your attention to, it will grow in your life. There's a leadership uh, author by the name of John Maxwell who's written a lot of leadership books, and he talks about uh, the law of attraction, which is basically the same thing. It's what you focus on expands and the law of attraction. Now think about this. When I was a kid growing up, uh, and I was learning how to go snow skiing, we went up to Colorado, and it was with my dad's church. And a bunch, uh, the youth group, a bunch of us went up there, and we went snow skiing. I didn't know how to snow ski. So one of the first things that they tell you is wherever you look is where your skis are going to go. So your body is going to follow your eyes. And I want you to think about that. As a kid, you're going down, you're, you're skiing down this slope. The slope is huge. If you've never been skiing, there's plenty of room on these, like the bunny trails and the slopes. You're okay. So when you're thinking about it, you're going down this slope, you have all this white snow that you can go on, and then there's usually trees lined along the side. Well, sometimes those trees we get to looking at. You're going down, and, it, and what the instructor will tell you is if you look at the tree and you focus on that, you're going to go towards the tree. So just look back towards the open path, and you'll go down the open path. And you'll see it time and time again. People will go down, and they'll be skiing, having a good time, and then they'll see a tree off to the right. Like, oh, there's a tree over there. I really don't want to hit that. And they'll keep going. Oh, there's another tree. I really don't want to hit that. And then they keep going. They keep veering a little bit to the right, a little bit to the right, a little bit to the right. All of a sudden, that tree gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, they smack right into the tree. Just look the other way. And that's what God is telling us to do with our spiritual lives. Whatever you focus on expands. Look away from the evil. Abstain from it. Look towards the good. Look towards the open slopes that you can ski down. It's plenty. There's plenty of open slopes. There's plenty of good things for us to focus on. So whatever we put in front of our eyes, our mind will consume. And that's up to us to determine what we put in front of our eyes. If we look back at Philippians chapter 4, now let's look at verse 9. 
So after we talked about what to think upon these things, it says, and then it says, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. I want to look at that very small word in there. It's a two-letter word, and all it is is do. Having a good mindset and thinking about the things that you put in, your, in front of your eyes that your mind can, will consume is not enough. We have to follow it up with action. And that's what Paul is writing to the church of Philippians. We have to do what we've been taught to do. So after your mind is right, now it's time to perform what God has asked us to do. It starts with a mindset, but it certainly does not end with a mindset. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, Jesus writing, or talking a parable here says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And every one, of, every one that heareth these things of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Jesus gives us a parable here of two men building a house. There is one difference. The only difference is one did what Jesus taught them to do, and one did not do what Jesus taught them to do. Both of them heard. They knew they had instructions. They knew what they were supposed to do. Both of them had rains come. Both of them had the winds blow. They had all the troubles and the heartaches that we're going to face in this world. One of them was able to stand. Which one was it? It's the one that did what they were supposed to do. So having a good mindset and having a positive outlook on life and being a Christian in that way is not enough. We have to follow it up with action. We have to do the things that God has taught us to do. We know what we're supposed to do. As Christians, we're taught from a very early age. Visit the sick. Pray. Help the needy. Show up to church. Participate. Engage. Be there. Be willing to help your brothers and sisters when times come up. We know what, it, what we need to do, and it's just time to do it. It's just time to put it in action. One of the things uh, that I learned in my job, which is a psychological cycle of how our mindset really affects us, is this acronym that we call POINTFAR. So this acronym is P-T-F-A-R. What you start with is at the very top, the top right there is programming. So this is all about your mindset and how that really shows up. So your programming, if you think of your mind like a computer, it's going to consume whatever you put in, just like we've talked about. Your programming is the things that you put in front of yourself. It's the things that you see. It's the things that you observe, that you witness. That's your programming. That's the things that's coming into your mind. That programming is going to lead to thoughts that you have, whether good, whether bad, whether positive, negative, whatever. Whatever you receive in your mind, that's going to lead you to a thought. That thought is going to cause a feeling. That feeling could be a good feeling, it could be a bad feeling, whatever, right? Depending upon the programming that leads to a thought, that leads to a feeling. That feeling is going to lead you to take an action. That action could be a positive action, could be a negative action. It could be no action at all, which is an action. Inaction is also an action. So that's going to lead you to an action. That action that you do is going to give you a certain result. It may be the result that you want, maybe a result that you don't want. And that result is going to go back into more programming. Whatever the result is, is going to feed your mind of, well, that was good or that was not good. 
And this starts this cycle, so it goes over and over and over again. What you really want to think about with this cycle is instead of looking at it like a loop like this, turn it on its side so it's more like a, like a pie. And it really turns into a spiral. So if you think about the programming, if it's a positive programming, that's going to lead to a thought, feeling, action, result, and it's going to go up a little bit and more positivity. And then that's going to go up a little bit and up a little bit, which is what we want. It's going to increase our mindset. It's going to increase our actions. It's going to increase our results. We want it to encourage us to do well. Well, the same is also true from a negativity standpoint. If you're putting negative programming in, that's going to lead you downwards to a negative spiral, and it's going to go further down and further down and further down. That's where depression comes from. That's where anxiety comes from, is we have this negative programming, these negative feelings and actions, which continue to spur on each other. So we need to change it. If we're going down, we need to change. So let's look at this. We think about a couple examples. Let's think about if you watch the news. Do you typically see positive things on the news or negative things? Most of the time it's negative. For some reason, that's what people want to see. And it's negative things that we'll see on this news. So that may be some things that you're watching on TV and, it, and it's negative from the news standpoint. Well, that's going to lead you to think that only bad stuff happens in this world. If that's all the news has to report, then that must all be that's out there. It's just negative stuff, that it's going bad. Well, that's going to give you this negative feeling that you have. So you'll look around and see this negative feeling, and then you're going to start seeing more and more negative stuff going on and on and on, which is going to further your programming that only bad things happen. So that's an, that's an example of some negative things. This psychological cycle creates that spiral that's going up or down, and the negativity will get worse or the positivity will get best. So if you're on this spiral, whether going up or down, how do you make sure that you're going in the direction that you want to go? Well, there's a couple things that you can change. There's two places that you can really change on that cycle to go in a more positive direction. Number one is your programming. We've been talking about it a lot already. What are you putting in front of your eyes? What are you putting in front of your mind? If you're watching the news and it's negative, turn it off. If you're watching movies or shows or reading books or you're going around people that you shouldn't be, change it. If you're spending time with positive people, if you're spending time with your brethren and you're seeing the love that is easily seen in this room, that's positive programming, which is going to help your mindset be better. So a couple things that you can change is you can read the Bible, you can listen to audio sermons, you can choose the people that you spend time with, and there's a lot more of how you can affect programming in your mind to cause a positive feeling and thought. The other thing that you can change is your action. Maybe you have some negative programming going on. Maybe you have some things that are trying to lead you into a more worldly mindset than a spiritual mindset. Even if those things happen, sometimes it's very difficult for us to filter those things out of our mind they're all around us all the time. However, if you can't change your programming, you can always change your action, no matter what. Even though you have that negative programming, that negative thought, and the negative feeling, now it's time you can make a decision and change it with your action. That action could be meditate. You could pray. You could go serve others. You could visit or call your brothers and sisters. You can count your blessings, just like I talked about in the earlier ones with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Count your blessings with gratitude. So all these things are with an action. So the two main things that you can change on that cycle, if you're in this downward spiral right now, to change it to a positive one, change your programming, change your actions. If you do those things, you'll go in a more positive direction like we know we need to.
So when we think about that, sometimes it's very hard for us to tell if we're even on a negative spiral. Because we can kind of get in this loop and keep going down and down and down, and we need our brothers and sisters around us to snap us out of it. Sometimes we need someone who's loving enough and caring enough for you to go slap you upside the head and just say, stop it. If you're really going down this negative spiral, sometimes we just got to change it. And we need other outside sources to help us recognize that negativity. So we need a trigger. We need some sort of trigger for ourselves when we go down this negative road. So if you recognize it in yourself, I want you to ask yourself, if I'm on this negative way and I'm receiving this negative uh, programming and bad feelings and bad actions, I'm just not getting the results that I want, what am I going to do to change it? Who specifically can I call and just be open with them and say, you know, I need some help. My mind is not right, and I just need some encouragement or prayer. Or who can you go have lunch with? Who can you look at and say, give me some help? Or what will you do? Maybe it's not someone you call. Maybe it's an action that you can take. You know, when I catch myself doing this, maybe I need to go read Philippians 4 again. Maybe that's my trigger. Uh, I'm stopping it right now, and I'm going to change the direction that I'm going. So think about you and your life and how you're going to change if you're going down this negative road. And I pray that nobody's going down that negative road right now. And if you're not, that's great. And just be ready, because it's going to happen to all of us. You will go down that negative road at some point. Sometimes it's not much of one, and sometimes it's a really bad one. Think about the people in your life that are, that are facing depression and anxiety and high blood pressure and all this stress in their life. Maybe they're going down that road right now, and it's time for us to go help them out. So think about these things in your life. Now let's continue on in Philippians 4, and let's read 10 through 13. Philippians 4 and verse 10, it says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to, both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. What Paul is really writing to the church of Philippi here is count our blessings and, and always look forward to the eternal blessings that we have to come. Even if we have a hard life, and sometimes we do, sometimes we have a hard life here, we know it's going to end. We know that hard life is going to end, and we're going to have that much greater reward that we're promised. Titus chapter 2, verse 13 tells us, Look for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's try to make sure we're focusing on the things to come. Not the things right in front of you, but focus on the eternal, not the temporal. Sometimes that's tough. We have to have patience here on earth, because we will suffer trials. Hopefully nobody's suffering any trials today, but we've heard of some in the prayers that are said this morning. There's some health concerns going out there. There's different things going on. There are trials and tribulations in this world. And if you don't have any trials or tribulations right now, that's fantastic. And get ready because they're coming. The trials and tribulations are always just around the corner. We don't know when they're going to hit. We don't know what they're going to be. We don't know how bad they're going to be. But one thing that we can rest assured is it will pass. The trials and tribulations are going to come and they're going to go. They're only going to be there for a short time. That we can always focus on the eternal of what's going to happen. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus tells us, These things I have spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. 
in the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus promised us we're going to have heartaches. We're going to have hard stuff come our way. We're going to have tribulation, but it's okay. Because we can overcome it just as Jesus overcome it. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. If you think about your tribulation, you can almost look at it of it's your rite of passage to enter into the kingdom of God. We have to go through it. Whether we like it or not, it's going to happen, and yet it's okay, because it's a short time. Sometimes these trials and tribulations and sometimes the hard things we have is really a blessing in disguise. If we look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Jesus Christ. Sometimes these hard things we go through, these hard temptations, these hard trials, is really just trying your faith to make it better, make you stronger, and help you be that brighter and shining light towards, towards the rest of the world that we have. Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. In James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it tells us, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know, that's easy to read when you're not going through diverse temptations, isn't it? That's easy to look at and be like, oh yeah, we count it joy when we're going through these hard times. This is great. Now when you're going through those hard times, that's a little different story. When you're going through those hard times, we need to work a little bit harder at it and truly count it all joy because we know that the trying of our faith works patience. It helps us. helps us be stronger helps us to grow, and help us to be that better Christian that we all want to be. We all want growth, and growth is uncomfortable. We want the results of growth. Sometimes we don't necessarily want to go down the path to get there. And yet the path is necessary. It's hard. But keep working. Keep fighting. And you know it's going to get better on the other side. So with a proper mindset and with a positive outlook on life, that doesn't mean you're not going to have any troubles. It just means you're going to be able to withstand those troubles. And you're going to have the peace of God, which will pass all understanding right there with you and help you make it through. Troubles are going to be there, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Whether they're short time or long time, it's going to happen. But we know that with that positive mindset, it will not destroy us. It will help us get better. So let's recap this model that we've learned about of how to improve your Christian mindset. Number one, don't be overly anxious about temporal things. Number two, stay diligent about what you put in your mind. Number three, put God's will into action with your life. Number four, look forward to the eternal blessings with gratitude. And this is a cycle. This never ends. You're always working on these four things to improve your mindset, improve your actions, improve your Christian walk, and that will help you have a better outlook and tr truly train the way that you think as a Christian. So when we look at the trials that we face today are of no concern to us soon. We know they're going to pass. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, 
Well, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I want you to think about Paul when he was writing this to the church of Corinth. What was going on in his life during this time? He'd been beaten, been thrown in jail. We knew later on that he was going to be beheaded and he was going to be killed. You think about that and he says, it's a light affliction. It's no big deal. And it's a light affliction because we're looking for that eternal way to glory. So think about the more positive things that are going to come, which are eternal. And we have a much greater place we're going as long as we keep this right mindset and as long as we keep God as our number one priority and follow and serve Him. So this peace that we'll have from God, it's going to help others notice what we have. You know, when we think about this positive mindset, we think about training the way we think. You may be sitting here this morning and think, you know, this is really good application that I can put in my life. And that's a good start. But I also want you to think this is good application you put in your life so you can go help others. So you can go invite others into the kingdom and to the love that we share together. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus tells us, We're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Who wants to go hang around with negative people? Not a whole lot of people, right? Who wants to be in a support group and a system that has total peace that cannot be explained during times of heartache, during times of trial? They can easily see the love that we all have for one another as our Christian brothers and sisters. That's what people want. And that's what they know they need. So by doing this and applying it to your life, what you're really doing is you're helping yourself and you're truly being that light to the world around you, to invite them in and to show them that they can have this in their life as well. When we become a new man as a Christian, we were given an opportunity to change our entire outlook on life, to be a more positive person, to be that shining light to the world. If you haven't changed that man, if you're still the old man, it's time to do so. You can't really have a great outlook on life if you don't have the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 3 through 8, it says, Know ye not that so many of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we're buried with him in baptism, by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. If you haven't been baptized into Christ, then it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, for you to improve your mindset because you don't have any hope. But the good news is that you can have that hope. You can be baptized into Him. You can crucify that old man full of heartache, full of sin, full of despair. You can get rid of Him and start walking in newness of life when you raise up a new man through the watery graves of baptism. So if you haven't been baptized into Christ this morning, I would encourage you to do so. Change your future. Change your direction and change your eternal home by letting Him take away your sins in your life so that you can be a Christian and walk with Him each and every day. So I pray that the study has been helpful to you this morning. I pray that if anybody's facing any trials or tribulations, that you'll let us as your brothers and sisters help you with that. You're not alone. 
You're not alone here in this room, and you're not alone because God is always with you. We can pray with you. We can study with you. We can encourage you if you have anything that you need to overcome. And if you haven't started your walk with Christ this morning and you're ready to do so, ready to truly make that newness of life and change your, your tree forever, then I would encourage you to, to make that decision. If there be one of either class that we can help, all we ask is come and have a seat on this front pew while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479 647 Five, eight. May God bless you.